Welcome to Diving Into Writing with me, Lucinda Pebre and Marielle Smith. Join us as we dive beyond the surface of our writing practice. Hi, Marielle. Hi, Lou. Just a little warning, I am joined today by a very needy cat. Oh, all up in my face and head butting the microphone and sitting on my notes and trying to attack my jewelry. Ouch! So, if you don't give her attention, she's going to demand it. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, it's also the hour. This is usually her hour when she's like, hello. And this is my fault for altering our routine. Yes, because usually they're asleep when we record. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and we've got the reason we're di- recording at a different time is Lucas got herding. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's all all those animals and how we not even consciously, I think, sometimes build our lives around it. Hmm? Yeah, well, to be a good dog mom or cat mom, you've got to you've got to accommodate them. We do, yeah. So I'm just now, there's like her face is between me and the microphone. So just want, if you just get settled, I'm fine. It's quite interesting, actually, because you can, we're talking about self care today. Um, My favorite. Is it your favorite topic? No, I'm crying inside. (laughs) It's something that you constantly, I don't know at what point I realised that you had to constantly work at it and it wasn't something that just came naturally. No, and I think that's because a whole society is based on people burning themselves out because everything is based capitalism. It's all about productivity. Yeah. So the, the constant message is work harder, do more, be better. It's also... I also feel there's a kind of myth that you can do it all. You can do everything at no cost. And I think, and I think this is actually worse for women these days because like back in the day, you know, we had the, the separate, oh, I don't know if you hear Fleur. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, she needs to be kicked off something. Give me a sec. <laughs> no. My spray bottle is in the bedroom, so that's not going to work. When you say kicked off, you didn't mean literally. No, she's just, um, she has this tendency, she wants attention. You know how all the walls in my office are plastered with notes and stuff? Yes. So she has this tendency that if I don't give her attention, she'll just sit where she can reach anything and she'll just start jumping for it. Yeah. So it'll it'll drop to the floor. She tears it down. Um, <laughs> so she was just behind my back, and I just hear. I could recognize the meow. The meow <laughs> is saying, "I am about to rip something off the wall. Could you please give me attention?" <laughs> she gives a warning signal. Um, no, as I was saying, I think it's worse for women these days because back in the day we had this very clear separation, like. Women who got married weren't even allowed to to keep their jobs because I think it was understood that, you know, being a wife and then a mother was a full-time job, right? It was unpaid, so it wasn't recognized as such. But there was a reason women were not allowed to have a job. These days, they say that, you know, feminism has achieved all its goals, but the only thing that we've achieved is that now women are expected to have it all and do it all and be good at everything. Yeah. So you need to have at least two children, a fulfilling career, lots of friends, lots of time for yourself, a great marriage, lots of date nights with your partner. Lots of good sex. Exactly. And it's like there is no way because – the one thing that hasn't changed is that there's still as many hours in a day as there used to be, right? That didn't develop with us, unfortunately. So I do think there's a lot of stress in terms of 
Like I was just talking about this with Andre, my partner, yesterday, the shame around hiring someone to um, help clean the house. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a good a good woman is supposed to want to have children, keep a neat house, um, yeah, and all the other stuff I just mentioned. Yeah. And I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, I can do I can do most of that. I mean, I don't have the children and, and stuff like that, and I don't have a partner who's living in my house. So Andre needs to keep herself happy um, most of the time. But I'm like, I struggle with some of these things already. And I can only properly do, like, keep my house sorted and stuff like that on weeks that work is slow. Hmm. When I have a regular work amount, there's no way I can keep up with everything. No, but, but that's that's what I mean. It's a myth. It's a myth it's that you myth, can yeah. But I think it's also, I definitely think, it's they use it to keep us in place because mm. we're too busy worrying about that to actually you know look around and say oh wait <laughs> this is a this was a man-made system but emphasis on man yeah we don't have to adhere to these ideals so like saying the both of us saying we don't want to have kids that's already saying well you know screw you and your idea that if you don't want kids as a woman it's not natural like we're not going to listen or we're not going to cave to that demand kind of we've kind of replaced kids with our animals there <laughs> we did yeah although to be fair i spent much less time on my animals than you because you have dogs and they're just much more this is one of the reasons I could I can't see myself having a dog until I'm like retired or something yeah. they're just that much more time consuming yes yeah yeah they are yeah so I made some choices there as well clearly um yeah so but this is so so yeah so I think this is one of the reasons why like you said Self-care is something that you have to keep working at. And I wish we I wish there wasn't a need for self-care because self-care is only needed in a system that's working against it, us. Yes. Yeah. That wants us to fail, that wants us to burn out, that wants us to give too much at any given moment. Yeah. You see. I've had to do a lot on self-care because of my day job. <laughs> because my day job's too big to fit in the hours that I get paid for. Yeah. And it could, and it has done in the past. It has eaten into um my personal time. I, the job that I did before my current job, I was doing like 70 plus hours a week. And even on the times that I was off, I was kind of, I, I used to work with ch children in care. So I do like theatre after work with them and stuff like that. And, and there was no chance that I'd even ever get paid for that. It, it was just something that I did as part of it. Um, And I, I don't know. It was fine until a point when I decided I didn't want to live that way anymore. And, of course, the powers that be were like, oh, well, if you want to go down to four days, you can go down to four days. But I, obviously, I would have just got paid for four days. I'd have got paid for less hours and not actually done less hours. So that wasn't a go. So when I came to this job, my current job, I had much clearer boundaries in mind. Hmm. And because what does that change? Yeah. I got a puppy as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it was less hours, but I wasn't going to work full time for less hours to get paid less hours, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And this is the thing, because if the, if the, if they offer you, or you can do less hours, but if you're already systematically doing more hours anyway, yeah, 
Because like working 70 hours and then doing all the extracurricular activities, that means that you should have been paid double to begin with. Yeah. And I didn't have room for anything else. I didn't have room for anything in my life and I wanted a puppy. So that's that's what motivated me to change. But they lost because they didn't, there was no, I, I think, well, it was my fault as well. It was the system's fault, but it was also my fault because I would I needed it was about the expectations. And this is the same with writing. You know, when you're cl- collaborating with people, you've got to be really clear about expectations. And even us doing the podcast, it's like how much effort are we putting into this podcast? How much effort do we have? How much time mm-hmm. do we have? commit to it and as long as we're communicating and on the same page that's fine but if you've got one person that's wanting to do a lot more or to achieve great heights with it it's not it's not going to go smoothly no and I think that's one of the that's what I like about doing this podcast with you because with with the other podcast I used to co-host that the, the, it took so much time mm. and there wasn't any, I'm going to use the term return on investment, but I'm, I, I mean just the visibility, the listens, even yeah. though we knew we were talking about a very important topic that doesn't automatically mean that you reach those people. Yeah, yeah. And we had we gave up after three seasons because... Well, not give up, but more a, a more in a okay. So we 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 provided people with the basics. There's absolutely more to talk about, but we can't because there was no more space in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And we were both we were both wanting to do other things as well, and it was literally like we used we usually wing our our episodes, but but this because this podcast is set up differently for a reason. That one was about education. Yeah. So there was a lot of research going into that and stuff. So it took us, it took us about eight hours to create the episode. And then there was the recording, which usually took three hours. And then my co-host was much more rigorous in cutting and like doing the audio than you were, which is also a choice, right? Like how um, and and she really went for perfection, which I mean, so the episode sounds amazing, but that also took her like eight hours per episode, yeah, if not more. So I think then we had a different goal with that one, and when that goal wasn't reached, it became like we can't do it because we get nothing in return. That doesn't mean monetary in terms of monetary yeah. value, but we didn't reach the number of people we would have needed to have any discussion. And that makes you want to get, that makes you want to be like, we can't do this anymore. And this is so in, in our particular collaboration, I'm like, I think we know exactly what we're doing. We do it in a way that that's at, is as least time consuming as possible. Yeah. But we're also, we're sharing our experiences, which doesn't require a great deal of preparation. No, no, that's the point. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's not. Even though I, I'm I'm hoping it's educational what we're discussing. It's literally based on how are we doing and what are we struggling with and how are we trying to overcome or have we overcome these particular struggles? So that is just you know we dive within, we go within instead of. Well, you know, this person said in this article, and that was the other, that was the other. Uh, so yeah, so these expectations are really um, important. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm an expert <clears throat> on self care when it comes to my day job. <laughs> I applying that in terms of everything else, I find much more difficult. Mm. Because I, I I buy into the myth that I can do it all, even though I recognise that I can't. I still set off at the beginning of the week thinking, yeah, I can go to that Canny Cross event. I can do that. I can sit in on uh, that 
uh, it's like training call uh, around dogs, obviously. <laughs> I can sit in on that. I can do my writing. I can do my meditation. I can do my yoga. I can do my day job. I can. It's not a surprise that I struggle with self-care. <laughs> And that is, we've talked about this on the show before, that is because whenever you feel like, oh, it would be good to add this to my schedule, you only add, you don't subtract. <laughs> I find that so difficult. I find it so difficult not to do something that I really want to do. Yeah, I get that, yeah. So then I end up not with not enough sleep, uh, which is like the highest form of self-care i would say yes I, I once read this thing about having enough sleep is one of the most rebellious acts i like that i really like that because we are kind of you know the system's trying to keep us wary yeah and i think it's because like it's almost like they do it on purpose so we don't have the energy to think about how fucked up everything is. Yeah, that's true. We can't fight the system if we're tired because of the system. Right? So keeping people tired makes for complacency, I think. Yeah, that's true. It's turned political very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it started political with them. Yeah. But I do think, and this is sort of like, so this is from like, the, the if you take the feminist angle again, right? The personal is political. Like the reason we need self-care is because we live in a system that doesn't care about us. Yeah. We only care about what we put out. Yes. Um, and so they make self-care, they make self-care our responsibility. Yeah, Exactly. No one said that the patriarchy slash capitalism slash white supremacy wasn't a clever system. No one ever said that. It's very intricate. And like with everything, recognizing what is happening, taking that step back and seeing what is happening is the first step. Yeah, and then becoming, and then actually doing it, right? Because... Mm -hmm. I've always known that I didn't want to have children. And even I had moments that I sort of wavered. And I, I even tried to get pregnant at some point because I was I convinced myself that, oh, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe this is the normal thing to want. And like luckily I didn't get pregnant because I think that would have been my biggest regret in life. Yeah, so much pressure. This so uh, we we talked about this off air, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, last last recording that we did. I think so, yeah. Yeah, the, the pressure to have children, um, yeah, is immense. Even though it's a pretty irreversible decision either way, they talk about regretting not having children. Yeah, and like I said, I told you last time of air, it's like I'd rather regret not having them than regretting having them because I know too many women in my environment who entirely regret having their children. And it's just really almost impossible for them to admit to that. So it's more something that you read in their behaviors than yeah. they admit to themselves even because it's such a taboo. But when you have children, obviously you do have to sacrifice for them. Yeah. I mean, I see plenty of parents that don't sacrifice for their children and it, it's a cost to their children. I'm not saying you have to sacrifice everything. No, no, no. But I, and I think for a lot of women, the drive is to sacrifice everything. Um, well, I think that's part of the story that we're told, that, yeah. it, it's, that it should be natural to women to give up their sense of self mm. or their husband's and for their children, right? That's very, well, now we're sort of like touching upon Freudian psychoanalysis, right? That's, that's sort of the diagnosis he gave of society, right? Women are only here for one reason, they become mothers. That's yeah. Cool, right? And even though we've become, we've, we've gotten further, they're like, this is my point, like, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that, like, it's not like women are now suddenly 
we're, we're more allowed not to become mothers, but it's still frowned upon, mm-hmm. depending yeah. on depending on society as well, like here in Cyprus, it's much more frowned upon now than in the Netherlands. Yeah. There's a difference there. I mean, that Cyprus is very orthodox, of course. So there's a, right. There's still much more in that, you know, women should be sacrificial. Um, yeah. Give it all up for their husbands. I mean, gay, we don't have gay marriage. So there's that uh, as well. So definitely husbands. And then, you know, after that for their children and then, it's the biggest taboo if then your children do not have children because what did you do wrong that your children don't want to have children? Like that's just, you know, what's wrong with you? Not just as a person who doesn't want to have a kid, but also as a person who raised a child who doesn't want to have a child. So the shame is really intense. Um, So self-care is a rebellion against all of that. Yeah, but at the same time, I I also, I will forever be saying that we shouldn't be in need of self-care that should be part of like society should leave space for that to automatically happen and now we have to fight for it mm. and that means there's something wrong um, with the world we live in but yeah self-care so the questions we want to ask today because we are nearing the end of the year is what are we not doing that we should be doing for ourselves and why are we not doing it? And then we also, if we have time, want to sort of, I mean, this was the intention we said when we discussed talking about self-care is we would like to answer the question, how do we intend to take better care of ourselves in 2024? So this is not my favorite topic because when it comes to self-care, I am very do as I say, not as I do. And I'm the same in that I can see what I need to do. But doing it, I find so, so difficult. Yeah. So maybe what we should be talking about is why it's so difficult. See, I need to make more space. (laughs) Yours is probably the same. need to make more space in my life for doing nothing. Okay, but you can't make more space. So it's for you specifically because you have lots on your schedule. It's not about making more space. It's about what to give up. Yeah. What to let be. My dogs are going to have to go. Well, you can't get rid of the dogs. You know that I wouldn't get rid of my dogs. But... Uh, yeah they take up so much time but they take up so much time but you know you know like the training that I'm doing it's not about the dogs it's about me (laughs) so yeah it's about it's all to do with like mindset and you know the way you communicate with them and stuff it isn't about training them to do x y and z it's about improving your communication and it's about what barriers you put in place so it's actually leading me to a place of better understanding about myself so in a way that is self-care not not in a way that's pure self-care for me yeah so so this is the thing, like, I know that the dogs take a lot of time, right? Yeah. But I think it's, instead of saying, because it's true, like in your case, absolutely, the dogs take a lot of time. But I think it's about looking at each of the things you do with the dogs and also, like, other things in your life and say, what am I getting back from this thing? Yeah. And is the balance okay? Yeah. Like if you got nothing back from from doing the training with Luca right now, you might be like, yeah, no, this is not for us. Or with the with the, the canny cross, that gives you community. It gives you fitness, which is very important for your mental health and physical health, of course. So I don't necessarily think, even though they're very time consuming, that those should be the first things to go. And I think we go wrong there because we think this takes up a lot of time. Yeah. So can I get rid of that? But I think you first need to say, okay, I'm doing these things. 
what I'm going to be very Marie Kondo about this. <laughs> what brings me joy? Yeah. What gives, what has, okay. So to go back to that term, what has return on investment and like not monetary, but emotionally, physically, um, in terms of, you know, how good is it for my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, if that's something you're working on as well. Um, that doesn't mean you have to do three canny crosses every week, right? Yeah, and I think that that is, it's it's probably that balance that gets a little bit skewed. Because when I'm not doing, it's more than three. You know, like at a weekend, it's Saturday morning, it's Sunday morning, it's, yeah, which takes up, it does take up a lot of time. And yes, you're right, I do love it. But when I need to fit in other things that are important for other reasons, then I need to be learning to say no occasionally. You know, this this makes me think, I just recorded a bunch of videos for TikTok um, this last week. And one of them, so the ones, because I do, I have this weekly writing prompt thing on Wednesdays that I do on TikTok. And yes, I record ahead. So it's always me sitting in my living room in different kind of sweaters because I'm like, this is going out in December. I can't wear a tank top. I have to pretend to people that I actually shot this on the day so that I'm always dressing up. <laughs> I wouldn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do. Yeah. So it's like the AC is, is when I started them and the AC was like on really high and I was like wearing like, like a Christmas dress or something. It's like ridiculous. Um, but one of the thing, one of the ones I, I um, recorded last week was about I think it was around the quote by Paulo Coelho that said, if you say yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. And I think the prompt or the exercise that I created around that was that we have to figure out like all the things we do, like, what do we need to fill our cups? And then when you're done, like when you have a list of all those things, it's not just that, the, the next step in the exercise is how often do I need to do X or Y or Z to make sure my cup is filled? So if you're like, I'm spending a lot of time with Canicross, maybe what you could ask yourself is, how often do I need to do it in a month to get the same feeling from it? The sense of community, the sense of exercise, the connecting with my dog. Like, do I need to do it every weekend or twice a weekend? Or is every other weekend enough? Yeah, yeah. Because I think we do. We, we, it's it's easier to pinpoint what we need, although that is can be hard in itself. What we need to fill our cups, but then knowing how often do we need that thing? Like, is it a daily thing? Is it a monthly thing? Is it a quarterly thing? So I think that's a step people often forget. Like when you create, like, okay, what do I need to make myself happy? But how often do you really need it? Because especially for like people who are wired like you, it's a bit all or nothing. Yes. Like you just you just dive in. You're just like, oh, I'm doing this now. And then it's like all the way. So you might need an exercise like that to peel yourself back a little bit and be like, okay, but do I really need to dive in? Yeah. Completely. Or can I say, you know what, guys, I see you every other week. And that is enough for me. I still get the same. It could be every month. I don't know, right? I, I don't know your answers. I'm just saying it might be interesting to ask yourself the question. Well, one of the things that I am getting better at, thank you for this as well, because it is down to you, this, is the setting goals and looking at the week ahead and giving myself just that little bit of space to think about what I want to do. Is at that the I'm still trying to do it all, but I think that that's the way forward. Instead of just starting Monday and just letting everything that's on your schedule just overwhelm you and you just, before you know it, you're sort of going down that river and there's like, you're just in it. 
Yes, feeling and and it's the right. I lose the writing. I lose the writing because that's not part of my habit anymore. No, and to create a new habit, you have to be conscious about it. Yeah, I lost the habit of it, so I need to get get that back into my habit. And it was fine while I was on holiday, but again, like this is the test coming back home and fitting it into the day-to-day life. And I might need to say sometimes the writing needs to come first. Yeah, and that's also something that you are in charge of. You get to make that choice. Nobody else is going to make the choice how you prioritize your writing. Yeah. But if it's if you if it's something you want to do, then it might be higher up. It should probably higher up on your priority list than if you're struggling to get any writing done, it currently is. Yeah. That doesn't mean everything has to fall away, right? Because you are you you have your dogs, you have a partner, you have a job, so you can't just selfishly say, screw everyone else. Yeah. My writing comes first. Like some people have that luxury and I hope they use it and I hope they don't take it for granted. Uh, but for most of us, we have to sort of balance balance that. Mm. Yeah. So what about you? God, I was really hoping <laughs> you'd miss that. Um, well, I realized I had a huge pitch slap from the universe yesterday, actually. Oh, good timing. <laughs> okay, so what happened was this. I, I'm doing a lot of things right now, as in I have the space to, like, I, I'm really, oh, by the time this comes out, I will have relaunched my Etsy shop and stuff like that. So I feel like I'm focusing on a very particular route for my career. So I'm working on, I'm working a lot on that, right? So I'm creating space to do that, right? So yeah. what happened after um, you know, as I was looking at all the thing, all the other things I wanted to do, not just writing my working on my um, one of my novels, but the other writing related things that we discussed, I was like, okay, I need to make space for that. So I basically wrote a list of all the things I could be doing this week. We record this early on Monday morning, so I could be doing this week. So I made this list, and there are like one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, there are 13 things on them. One of them is scheduled for a Thursday anyway, so I had to write Thursday behind that. The other 12 things, right? So I have I have space every day this upcoming week to do things. And what I did was I put Mondays and Tuesdays after everything. So I have a list of things like it would be really useful if I get all of this done this week. So initially I'm a bit overwhelmed because I'm like, that's a lot of stuff. And then what I do is I put it on Monday and Tuesday. Right. So that means instead of thinking, oh, I don't have anything planned for Monday afternoon, right, which is rare for me. So I could, you know, instead of like the weather is still glorious here, like I think it's going to be 20. Well, not when this comes out. When we record this, it's going to be 28 degrees. So I'm like, instead of thinking, instead of prioritizing, I could go to the beach and go for a walk and do like move my body. What I do is like, oh, look at this time I have on Monday. I'm just going to fill it all up with almost everything I want to do this week. So that is so that is not self-care for me. I prioritize. I have if I start my my planning with if I can do all these things, I'll be really glad. And then I'm like, I just stuff it in the first two days. And then I know that when Wednesday comes around, something else will come to my mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna take Wednesday off. I can't, by the way, but I'm I'm not taking two hours off on Wednesday because I can. I'll figure something else out to do. So this is my pitfall. And it just really Hit me, like, how many things? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the things, seven of the 13 things I planned in for today. So five five for tomorrow, one for Thursday, 
That's it. And I have every day, I have the same amount of time to work on my own business. You see, you see, when it comes to my day job, I have a mindset where I accept that I will never get on top of things. I will never be able to do everything that I need to do because of the nature of the work. There's always way too much work to actually go through a week and achieve it. And I put so much pressure on myself before I go on holiday to get as up to date with everything as I can. And I come back and obviously there's like a tidal wave of work. Uh, And I'm okay with that because I sit down and I just prioritise and know that I'm not going to get everything done and know that I'm going to have to say to people, I can't do that or I can't attend that meeting, um, you know, and the world doesn't end. <laughs> but this is the thing, Lou, the things I wrote down are just the things that came to me yesterday. Like I still have a backlist of books I need to publish wide. That's not even on this list. These are just the first things that came to mind regarding like finalizing my Kickstarter campaign, emails I need to send, people I need to reply to. So it's it's not even all I need to do this week. Yes. And so, yeah. So, but it's that mindset, isn't it? It's that mindset of um, you're trying to get stuff done. So that then there's an end, but there's never an end. No, and this is this is the thing, like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is great. If I can be done by Tuesday, that's great. But then I know, of course, on Tuesday evening, I will get somebody asking me, oh, I have a last minute editing job. Can you do it? Well, now I can say yes, yes, <laughs> because I've done all the stuff I've already done. I didn't take any breaks. Um, so yes, sure, bring it, give it to me. So I'm like, and this, so this is my perpetual pitfall that I create space to take space for, to like to take time for myself, like the space for me. But then something will come along, and I want to fill it up. This is also why it's really hard for me not to do anything on the weekends because as soon as I slow down, my brain like. Half the stuff on this list happened because when my mom was here in October, November, I took a bit of a break and like I had so many ideas. So it's not that I'm even working. I'm only half working on the list I already had that I was going to do. Right? These, a lot of these things are just new ideas that I had. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So this is another pitfall. As soon as I slow down, I'll have ideas and then I'll work on those. And I do not actually know how to stop myself. That's what I was going to ask you next. So what do you do about it? At at this point, I, I don't have a system. I have in the past. Okay, so this is the interesting thing, Lou. Yeah. When I'm really busy, let's say I have like a huge editing job and a really tight deadline. Yeah. When I have that, I will write in my calendar, okay, you stop at four o'clock and then you go for a walk and then you get home around like 5.30, you start dinner, stuff like that, right? Mm. But because like this week is really flexible, I think I kind of feel like I don't need to write that down because it'll come naturally. Uh. That's the pitfall. I see. Because then when once I'm in something, I lose track of time. And before I know it, it's dark, it gets really dark early now, right? And I don't really want to go for a walk. Yeah. Uh, when it's that dark, not by myself anyway. Um, so it's like, oh, now it's too late. Well, then I'll work on this. So it's like, it's like, I think because because I have such a flexible week ahead. I'm like, ah, I don't have to write it down because I have plenty of time to do that. And, and then it doesn't happen because I don't prioritize it. So I literally forget about it. And then before I know it, I'm hungry or it's dark or 
something else came up because I had another one of my brilliant ideas. So you do have answers then? I need to write it down. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Well, not, I mean, I'm going to do it once we're done recording, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so, I will just I will just keep going. That's my that's my pitfall. I'll just keep going. Like there's no end to things. Yeah. And then you've got to form that into a habit. Yeah, and I, you know, and you know you know why it's another reason why it's easier to do this when I'm actually working on um like a big editing job is because when I'm editing there is only so much brain space I have because it's very demanding. Mm. So there will be a natural point in the day when my brain just, I, I'm looking at the page and I can't see it anymore. So I step away and I take a break. But if my day is mostly filled with things I love doing, I don't get that sort of natural, it's time to have, like, I will forget to eat. I will, because I'm just doing stuff that I enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. But just because it's stuff that I enjoy doing doesn't mean I don't need a break. I don't need a lunch break. I don't need to get up and get some tea. I don't need to go get out of the house and, like, breathe in some fresh Mediterranean sea air, right? Like, mm. And I think, so that's a tricky part. And I think my loophole in my head is like, but it's fine because I love doing these things. So there's a lot of joy as well. So I think we need to come back to this. I think then, uh, I think we ought to regularly come back to this just to check in how our self-care is at each episode. Because I think, you know, like I said, it's something that you constantly need to work on. It's also something you need some accountability for. Yeah, and, and I've always, this is sort of like one of the biggest mysteries for me in my life. Is And maybe it is because of the patriarchy slash capitalism slash um, neoliberalism, let's add that in as well. It's all related anyway, slash white supremacy is that bad habits are really hard to shake. Mm. But good habits are really hard to build up. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a design flaw. Yeah. Or it's not. I think I definitely do think it's because we're subconsciously getting the message. Right. The only reason we have bad habits is to try to cope with a system that's not working in our favor, I think. Um, and I also think life is about growth. Mm. Yes. And this is, is about growth. <laughs> okay, so in the end, I think it sounds like we both need the same thing because I wrote down for you, like you need more space to do nothing. And I wrote down for myself that I need to schedule downtime. Yeah. And you know, the tricky thing is, is that when I do schedule downtime, I often start reading stuff that I feel that I need to read. Yeah. So even there, like what is, so? Uh, okay, so I also need to figure out, I'm going to write it down as well, what downtime is for me. Yeah. You see, like journaling would be downtime, would be space. It's, it's for me, it's taking a step back. So I knew we were talking about self-care and I knew it was something that I've done a lot of so I could talk about it, but I hadn't really realised just how much of an issue it still is. <laughs> well, I mean, it feels like a struggle. It does feel like a struggle, but it is when us doing this podcast has allowed me to take that step back and go well no wonder <laughs> no wonder you're having difficulty and it's 
But when we're not doing a podcast on self-care and still need to be doing that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not taking, you brought up the topic, so I'm not taking any of that responsibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I'm, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be wonderful if I actually started doing, as I say, to like you <laughs> and the listeners here and my coaching clients, wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah. I actually walked my own talk. <laughs> yeah. You need to try it. Yeah, I do. All that advice I'd been giving, what would happen if I actually did it? But the thing is, is that it's not hard for me to see what needs to be done. Right. And I think the good thing as well is that when my when my clients sort of like fall off the wagon, right? I'm not gonna be like pointing fingers at them and like I'm like because I'm like, I get it. Right. So let's be gentle about it and let's see how we can get back on. So at least I have that for me. I'm, I'm, I completely understand how hard it is to take care of yourself. And, and and this is another thing I think we really have to fight is that these days, if you do not do self-care, people look at you and point the finger at you. So you're to blame if you don't take care of yourself. But... It's not because taking care of yourself is a rebellious act because, and this is why the system is so clever, because we believe that we have full responsibility over this, but it's the system that runs us ragged. Yeah. yeah. Is that the idiom? Um, so just also say, so being gentle to yourself every time you take a misstep here and then being able to say, okay, I've done too much today or I wasn't able to do this or this. I know this is not just on me. Yeah. yeah. Try setting boundaries to a system that has infiltrated even our sort of like collective subconscious. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm just, I'm just thinking again back to the day job and the um, well, you need to manage your workload better. <laughs> I've been told that. Yeah, so that is, so this is, so this is, and a lot of companies do that, right? So they you, make it an individual oh, responsibility. Yes, 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 and the and the the reality is that yeah, that. You're not doing, you've got to let things go. So you've got to not do your job well because you cannot do your job well. And you've got to say no to people. And that sometimes means saying no to like quite vulnerable people. Yeah. Which, yeah, is really difficult. Yeah. I think the good thing is, is that the people who are most worried about this, Right, whether they are doing their jobs well enough, tend to be the people who do a really, really good job. And someone once told me that if I gave it my 25%, I'd still be doing a better job than most people. Mm. So I think the more we worry about these things, actually the better we are at it. So uh, good enough is... Good enough is probably still, we can probably aim for less than good enough because it will still be good enough compared to how some other people. Um, but the catch is, and you'll, you'll relate to this, to, to, if to do your job well, you've got to care. Yeah, but this is... Care. <laughs> the job you have is a calling, same way being a writer is a calling. But I think, and this I think is, is, is a misconception, because it's a calling, other people assume that it means that you have to sacrifice yourself for it. Yeah. Like being a teacher, for example, also a calling. Mm. But I think a lot of companies and in, like educational institutions and stuff, they get away 
with not changing their internal systems by putting that responsibility on their employees and calling things a calling helps there. Yeah. Then yeah. it's like it's not our fault that you want to do this job and you knew what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. It's yeah. it's with it's it's with all kinds of care, like with nurse, and you've been a nurse, so you know that goes the exact same thing goes there, right? So you knew what you were getting yourself into. I think a lot of people at a high level in, in these kind of institutions and companies. I think they love that, that they can get yeah. away with not making the system better. Yeah. By simply saying, well, you know, they take the blame themselves. So why would we intervene? Yeah. This might go down in the history of our podcast as the most political podcast we've ever done. <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is interesting because I'm a very political person. Um, as you know I do yeah but yeah I, I do not think you can separate these two because it's not a personal issue it's a political issue mm. so we do what we do and then we try to burn everything down shall we aim for that <laughs> that sounds like a plan good let's uh, let's do that in 2024 and be warned, when we next meet, I'm going to ask you how the self-care's gone. You do not want to know how much I am not looking forward to that. <laughs> and likewise, by the way, I'll throw that question yeah. in your face as well. That's that's fair enough, I'll say. <laughs> but it's not all my fault. It's the sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Be continued. Be continued. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or visit our website at divingintowriting.com. We'd love to hear from you and if you'd like to leave us a review, we'd be ever so grateful. Bye for now.